Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. It's delicious. Mm. Today is Tuesday, September 14th. Beautiful autumnal weather here in Santa Fe. Just gorgeous. Can't ask for better. It's funny because I said something uh, to my husband David the other day um, about I said autumnal and uh, he says I don't know what autumnal means (laughs) and I'm laughing at me because uh, I know I use words that people don't know but people don't always fess up to it. But he was like I don't know what autumnal means and I said well it's like autumn yeah autumn autumnal. I was like oh. So now I thought I better say so on here because I thought well I keep talking about the autumnal weather and uh, maybe you guys don't know what I mean. See my cute new jacket. My mom got me this kind of for my birthday kind of a birthday present um but also it's really nice weight nice and light soft cute uh I had lent her my most favored black sweater that I have had for umpty million years when we were in San Diego and went out to dinner and she needed something for her little arms as my grandmother would say and <laughs> we think it got left at the restaurant um it it disappeared I asked her I said do you have my black sweater and she was <laughs> she was like what black sweater <laughs> like oh no and we checked back for it several times but somebody scored themselves a nice black sweater I think um our waitress was not amazing and uh, we ended up not tipping her very well because she ignored us for long periods of time. So she may have um, taken a sweater to uh, compensate. I was trying to think of what I think it was I think it's Ann Taylor. I have another sweater like it but in beige. <laughs> but that particular sweater I probably had for God, I hate to admit some of these things. I mean, like 20 years, maybe? Well, before we moved to Santa Fe. So, somewhere around maybe 15 years, something like that. I don't know. It looks so 2012 to me. That should be our hashtag. We could just do so 2012. Hashtag so 2012. If you don't get the joke, don't worry about it. That's a reference to a previous episode of first cup of coffee. So um the final week the final countdown here on dragon's daughter as you all know um if you've been listening there's like so the crap the grapes are ripe they've been ripe for a while like here's this little cluster right here. Can you see that that little grape cluster that one's really pretty uh, but the curve bill thrashers have got a nest 
and they come in and they get the grapes to feed to the babies but they they like suck out the insides and leave these little sticky grape skins all over everything not very considerate of them I, I think it's funny that they don't eat the skins um so I got like 3507 words yesterday I've got 8600 words to go um rocking along getting there getting there uh yesterday I was kind of thinking well maybe I should try for 4000 words these three days and that way Thursday morning could be entirely going back over it but partway through yesterday that started to feel like just too much too too high of a goal and so I took it back down to well I actually took it down to 3000 for a little while because I thought well if I have four days to work which technically Thursday since I don't have to send it to like 12 30 my time for 8 30 her time then if I start early on Thursday no writer coffee then I could have a full basically my full work day so I could theoretically get 3000 words Thursday morning um, and then I sort of I was waffling a lot yesterday obviously and then I backed it back up to 3500 because then that just leaves me like something like 1500 on Thursday morning so I can um, do a little bit of tweaking and filling in and longtime listeners will know you know like how do I know I'm I'm not aiming for a required word count you know when I talk about that it's you know basically it's I know it's going to end up at about 95,000 words and that's because um, I use that 18 three act structure and I know where the beats occur and for some reason this book at least it's been difficult in some ways but one way that has been very uh, compliant is I've been hitting my beats all along so the the scene ending the act endings those have all been um, every single time you know like my word count at those points have pointed to 95k total so you know it might be plus or minus some but even still it's looking like that's about where it's going to be. I think I mentioned before that I've been listening to um, I always say I never listen to podcasts but here I am confessing to listening to a podcast uh, I've been listening to writing excuses on their deep dive on the mice quotient. And I think I've mentioned that previously and mice is uh, Orson Scott cards invention but it's a smart thing and we use it even though <laughs> his politics are hideous. I think it's funny um, at the intro episode for writing excuses Mary Robinette talked about um, having learned this from Orson Scott card Orson Scott card and uh, and she said that um, he was a really good teacher even though they don't agree politically and somebody commented saying I don't see why she had to say that she doesn't agree with him politically and it's uh I don't know you know it's like because the reason why and I am not answering for Mary Robinette 
because she's perfectly capable of providing her own answers. But my answer would be is if somebody is very high profile and very clear about their politics, the way that Orson Scott card is, he uses his platform to discuss his politics, which I don't really see these people going after card and saying, oh, he shouldn't be talking about his politics or shouldn't be using his platform to talk about his politics. Maybe they are, maybe I just don't see that. But if somebody is very high profile and is identified with a particular political stance, and you cite them, if you do not mention (laughs) that you don't align with their politics, then people will assume that you do. And maybe that's, maybe that's a not fair. You know, I know that people want it to be a thing where our politics don't matter. You know, they're like, oh, you know, it's when you're talking about creativity, when you're talking about writing or when you're talking about, you know, a, a craft technique or a, a piece of art that the creator's politics don't matter. Um, but you know, I just more and more, I feel like we, we can't disconnect those things and that the people who are trying really hard to get us to disconnect those things are the ones who want us to swallow unpalatable political stances. You know, it's like, um, oh, you know, he's a wonderful writer, which he is boy. Um, you know, and I still have his books. I didn't get rid of them. I have gotten rid of the books of some people who, um, I discovered harbored terrible ideas and by terrible, I mean, not caring about human rights. Um, you know, it's pretty basic. I don't, I don't think I really care about your your ideas on fiscal policy. (laughs) Uh, but I do care about whether or not you feel that gay people are the spawn of Satan or something. And although that's not even fair to Lucifer, right? Still watching Lucifer. Love that show. Just finished season four. So now I'm catching up to the, the new seasons, great ending to season four. Um, but yeah, if you feel like certain people, should not be allowed to have rights or, you know, that they should actually be killed (laughs) or deprogrammed in some way. Yeah. It's a different thing. So I've wandered off topic. I know. Anyway, the mice quotient is very interesting. Uh, If, you haven't heard me mention it before. You have not familiar with it. My stands for milieu inquiry character event, and there are ways of looking. It's a different approach to storytelling and to structure. And it's, it's been interesting for me to explore personally, but milieu, which I thought was funny because, uh, Mary Robinette described it as a fancy French word for describing for saying place, um, which I think works, works as a definition for people who don't know that particular word, but, but in some ways I disagree. Um, and she said, it's 
it was to serve the acronym right because pice doesn't sound as good as mice um or or setting size I think setting is actually more close to the definition of milieu than place uh milieu can be many things it it means like it it's the his you know like the time period and uh whether or not the um you know like there's magic or tech or any of these things milieu is kind of the world in a way and I understand why they want to focus it down to place because one of the things about this structure and like all structures this has a has its limitations right it it works in some ways it doesn't work for all I think often of um, when I was in graduate school one of my professors said when you have a really good hammer everything looks like a nail and I know that was not original to him but he was the first person who said it to me and it's a really good point because when you come up with a great tool you tend to want to use it for everything um, but the thing is is hammers are really great for certain tasks they're not so great for other tasks. So one way of looking at mice and and, and I found it useful um, as a lens is like you enter milieu and then you enter inquiry you enter character you enter event or you might have one of these things predominating if it's very short it might have only one but it's sort of like which of these things launches the story and then which of these things carries the story and in writing dragon's daughter and and I'll link to it because I advise that you you listen to them because they do a much more um, scripted way of describing it than I am doing but in dragon's daughter there is more so than any of the other of the books in this series there's a very definite moment of entering the milieu uh, that there is a literal portal of entering the milieu and a lot of the story takes place within that and then exiting the milieu and so it was like oh in some ways this is a, a milieu story although I can say that like all of my books I think almost all of my books it starts with character um, character is um, you start out with somebody who is dissatisfied with their life and at the end they are satisfied with their life and that's probably what makes my books feel like predominantly romance because romance is very much about character and changing your life so um, dragon's daughter absolutely opens with character uh, there's and then I would say then it it presents uh, inquiry it's it's ongoing inquiry that's sort of the series arc so in some ways we could maybe if we're talking about the nesting we could say that book one golden griffin and the bear prince initiates the inquiry and the inquiry will be finished at the end. Um, that's one way of looking at it but in within this book the it goes character present the inquiry then there's an event um, and then 
it, it spins from there. And then there is, there are a couple of milieu changes. And one of the things that they talk about that I find very interesting is that is backing it out in the same order. So if you go into milieu, you have a milieu change, then you want to back out of the met milieu, you exit the milieu again. And if you do those things in a different order, then it can feel weird to the reader. And I wonder if that's true. Um, I can see it. I can see that we're looking for that order. Um, I'm not sure I believe that. And one of, um, Mary Robinette's analogies is HTML code where you do the nesting. Um, or if you're familiar with like setting up equations, uh, you know, with, you have to close each parenthesis and you need to, you know, as you enter into the formula that you back out of the formula in the same order. It's a very logic based approach. Does a story have to do the same thing? Uh, one of the other people on the podcast, I think it's Howard said that he thinks that's partly why, uh, the final season of game and throw game of Thrones didn't work very well. The HBO miniseries was because they backed out the battles in a different order than they had been presented so that all along the um, battle with the white walkers had been presented as being the major conflict and that they resolved that before resolving, um, the, the final conflict, which actually had to do with the actual game of Thrones. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure it's a great example. It's not that I disagree with him because I think a lot of people felt that weird, um, sense of being anticlimactic. I think there were so many problems with that final season that it would be difficult to pick apart that it's, that's exactly why, um, you know, never mind that they like completely subverted the character arcs that they'd established and, um, shortcutted everything. And I mean, there were just so many problems. So it would be interesting to, to look at various different stories and see if this is always the case. Um, if you think of milieu in terms of larger setting, you know, do you don't completely back out of it all of the time. Right? So, so anyway, it's, it's a good tool, but, um, not everything's a nail, right? But I am finding it just sort of interesting to observe. I think in some ways, these tools are most useful thrasher what your grapes or are you tohi oh probably tohi oh you could probably see her up there on the wall um sorry distracted by the birds oh that they're useful tools for analyzing what we do and maybe that's something that's um for us intuitive writers out there that this is this is an approach for us because, uh, a lot of the more analytical people are being analytical up, up front, right. And planning everything out. And then 
you know, so I don't know, they, they use their tools up front. Whereas if you're an intuitive writer, you're kind of spinning the story and then you can use these tools to evaluate what you have so far, which is kind of how I use that eight scene, three act structure. I keep track of the word count and I see where the beats are falling out. And that enables me to predict where the story, uh, you know, like how long it will take me. Uh, it would be miserable for me at this point to, to be knowing I needed to send this to my editor in two days and not know how much more I had yet to write. Um, but I do kind of know at this point, and I guess this is one way of looking at the nesting is that I always think of it in terms of a tapestry, you know, like you have your threads that you weave and everything. And at this point in the book, with, you know, I'm sort of, I'm right at the act three climax. I'm finishing that out. And then it's a matter of tying up the threads. It's, you know, bringing them all in so that you get a nice border at the end. And the, the mice analytical approach with the nesting is another way of analyzing that. It's like, have I backed out everything that I entered into? And so, yeah, I could see how that would be helpful. All right. On that note, I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, which makes me verklempt. I don't know why I choked up there. You will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on um, Thursday, Thursday, unless I'm like in total panic meltdown mode. We shall, we shall see. Hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be in good shape. Uh, All right. You all have a wonderful Tuesday and uh, take care. Bye-bye.